1: no purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at Chabacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChumbaCasino.com. Welcome to the family.
1: No purchase necessary.
2: VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Abigail, Charlie, and Sean Benson. Welcome to Token Theater, friends. It's always a pleasure to talk to to all of you. Hi, Charlie. Want to say hi? Hello. Hello. (laughs) Okay, so I'm always happy to see you and talk to you. Uh, And I was going to say we're gathered here to talk about something serious, which we are, obviously. But there's this really... Hi, Charlie. There's this beautiful sense of... Which is something that you've always done so well, allowing rightful, I would say anger, but also beauty and joy meet and be in conversation. So we could perfectly be just like, you know, wearing suits and being like, Yeah, we're gonna, you know, demand obviously equal rights for people, which is what we I'm just blabbering, sorry, which is what we all need. But I love that. I don't know how you do that. And I feel like I've asked you this before. So I'm sorry if I'm being repetitive, but How do you accomplish? I was, you know, I was so surprised. I was so in awe of how urgent your reaction was to, because we haven't given concept, sorry, I'm being a bad host, um, to this sovereignty songs and this hymns, like you reacted in a way that made me go, while some of us, I wouldn't say everyone, but while some of us are just shocked and we're like frozen and we don't know how to react, you react with beauty and you react with a way, you know, the ways in which art can serve as, I don't know, as resistance and as love and just as communion, as calling out for people to be together, so how do you do this? You know, how long did it take before, you know, from this horrible Supreme Court decision to you reacting in song form and in art form.
1: Oh, thank you. I feel like, um, and if, if Charlie gets tired, then Sean's going to take him and help him to rest. So that might happen in a moment. (laughs)
0: Um,
2: Okay.
1: I think that. We as a community of artists and and sort of first responders in the world of creativity take turns, you know. So sometimes I think we can respond with immediacy, but also compassion and thought. And then there'll be something else that happens and I go, oh, good, this other artist who I adore, you know, sort of was ready was ready somehow or was called somehow to respond. So it's not like there's a lovely even though sometimes something will happen and an artist will respond and I'll go like, "Oh, I wish that I had you know, known what to say or or any of that, but sometimes all you can yeah. do is weep or rage or, you know, sometimes you just have to be in your own humanity and that or I do, and that means a certain kind of quietude, you know, within it. So I have to trust that our beautiful sort of broader family of artists are going to sort of hold each other within that you know and speak to what's happening in the world and someone always does you know someone always does and I feel like with this um, we had been working on these hymns for a long time and then when the decision came down, we knew it might happen soon, right? And when the decision came down, it was like songs started to just flow out of us and out of me. I felt like sometimes the heart breaks and and has to rest and kind of implodes. And sometimes for me, when my heart breaks, it's like things start pouring out, you know? It's just like whatever was blocking um blocking song gets unblocked through the urgency of the moment and there's something i have to say so that happened this time you know this time i felt like like oh i got to start singing right now this is a moment for song and other times i think oh i don't know what if i open my mouth only thing that would come out is, is a yell you know which is valuable too it's good to scream a little bit you know um but we've been working on these things for for a while for a while
2: the work that you do is usually autobiographical, and I, I also don't know how you pull that off. You know, like being able to do auto, autobiographical work coming from two points of view, and yet what you're doing with um, this hymns. And by the way, since I jumped ahead to this to the second question, basically, if you can tell our listeners and our viewers what we're talking about, <laughs> that would be beautiful. Uh, but wh- after you tell them that, um, you 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 you're telling other people's stories this time around and it's not the first time that you've done it, obviously, but I wanna hear you talk a little bit about how it's different, you know, are you, are you, I don't know, are you, are you wearier, I would say, of transporting people's stories that aren't yours into song form? And how does that responsibility, you know, come into play with what you're doing and the work that you're
1: doing? Oh my goodness, okay. Well, first will I'll say what we've, we've tried to make. Okay. <laughs> and then, um, help me remember that beautiful question. Okay. So we've been making this um, series called sovereignty hymns for a long time and, and what it had to do with one was sort of a reckoning for us with the idea of sacred music. And, um, really longing for a new body of sacred song. And that includes to me what one might call protest music, right? Um, reclaiming some of those or reimagining what some of those songs could be, which many, which comes from a long tradition of other artists doing the same, right? But just through our particular lens, um, to include diversity of body, um, And at the time, I was thinking really deeply, as you know, a person who had gone through miscarriage and gone through birth, and feeling really sort of abandoned by art, like, I couldn't find anybody singing about that stuff in a direct way. And, um, and I'm sure there is something, but I couldn't find it. And I couldn't find what I what I needed, you know, I needed sacred music about this stuff um, that held the complexity of my own experience. So we tried to make some stuff like that. And then um, it, it sort of steered us towards a conversation about what it means to be holy in one's body, which what it means to be free in one's body, sovereign in one's body. And as soon as you ask that question, you know, then it gets very intimate and it gets very big, you know. So we knew that just coming from our own perspective would, had value, but certainly it wasn't enough. And there was so much that we needed to understand and we're hungry for connection around what it meant to be sovereign in one's body to different folks. And we focused on reproductive rights. Um, although I think sovereignty hymns, the, the, the lifelong project will not just be about necessarily reproductive rights um but that's where we began um and we began with friends you know everyone that we interviewed were people that we already had really intimate relationships with and um i don't think we'll always do it that way but that was intentional to sort feel like we could inhabit the sort of landscape of their own grief and their own complexity, um, they were each incredibly generous with us and trusted us to hold these stories sacred, you know, and hold them as carefully as we would our own. And I think that's the thing about having been memoirists for a long time, is that people know that we know what it feels like <laughs> I mean, to have your story talked about. And have we made mistakes? Of course, you know, of course. But um, they know our intention is um, kindness and complexity. Uh, and yeah, I don't, was there, was there another, what was the question before I started talking? <laughs>
2: No, basically, you know, basically my question was like the Spider-Man thing, you know, with great power comes great comes great responsibility. So <laughs> was it easy to tune into, you know, let me try to phrase this in a in a pretty way. Um, was it different finding the melody and telling mm-hmm. other people's stories than it is finding your melody and Sean's? Because you know, you know your beat, right? Like you beat. I love that. Yeah, in sync.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we're really playing with form here, right? We're really trying to dismantle something around what it means to write a musical as well, because we have thought deeply about what it means to write for a character. And the way that we've always approached writing for a character is to love them and imagine them real, right? And um, real to me means mad and full of their own um, deep intention, right? Um, so we took some of that, those ideas of how you write for character, <laughs> you know, um, and then sort of in, let the sensual reality of talking to each of these people seep into our skin. So it took a long time is one thing I'd say. like. We would do an interview, we do a pre-interview where we just shoot the shit, you know, and kind of talk more broadly about it and get also a landscape of what are you comfortable sharing and what aren't you and you know. And then we do this sort of official interview, you know, with the zoom, which is what you see clips of and then and then it would take so long to sort of let it metabolize you know for us so that we weren't reacting hopefully but we were responding and and just trying to trust that if we made a meal of their words and their gestures and their um struggle that whatever we created would in some way be a transformation of those things and we hope our dream of of dream of dreams was that it would be a sort of gift to them. You know, that um, in the same way that I longed for art that said, I hear you, I hear what you've been through, I see your humanity in a particular way, that um, we could offer these songs back to them and say, we think we understood, we think we heard you. Do you feel heard by this? And if so, will you sing it into the world? And they did. And that to me was a gift back to us, you know? And I hope a gift to people who listen to it.
2: Yeah, because You know, it's it's a little bit, um, I wouldn't, let me try to think of the right word. The vulnerability that you show when you're uh, singing the hymns on social media, like I've seen you on Instagram. I almost feel like I'm invading a private space. And it makes me think a lot about how, everything that has to do with hymns and sacred spaces is usually thought of as completely you know like being alone Mm. so it kind of blew my mind that the sacred could be done in communion and in community so basically I guess my very basic question is is it hard for you to show yourself with such vulnerability because I I was like, oh my God, am I supposed to be looking at this? Like, does Abigail know why I'm looking at this? Because you sing with people and you bring in people and you're transported. And it does transport, you know, the listener and the viewer. It's almost like, I want to say the opposite of, you know, like a TikTok duet. Uh, but the purpose, no, I wouldn't even say the purpose is different. The purpose is uniting and unity and bringing people together. But the vulnerability was just to see. How you know is is that easy to pull off? Were, were there any like voices going this is private, like leave it, you know, keep it to yourself?
1: Oh, oh man, I mean, my shrink would say one thing and I'd say another, you know what I mean? <laughs> it is my nature, it, you know, it is my nature to, um. I feel like I make the most sense in this world when I am singing. That's when I feel um truest and therefore bravest because I feel like whatever people will experience it the way that they do or you know but I know that it's true. You know. So it may be pretty or ugly or upsetting or whatever it is but i can offer something true through through that and i can't in many other forms and many other ways but that's somewhere i can and then i've learned so much from so many of my friends who also write with profound intimacy you know about self-protection and i think there's artists who are navigating that and so many activists too if if there's a difference Right, like so many activists are also sort of right on the edge of thought and opinion and putting themselves out there and then are attacked again and again often by people who agree with them you know and um to sort of allow each other to be learning while we're processing everything because we all are, you know, that we're learning and growing and sharing what we can the way we do through the particular vessel we were given, right? To allow that to um, include growth is um, something I'm trying to grant myself. So I'm not embarrassed, you know, (laughs) and also um, hold, Hold for others and and make sure i'm in a community of people who do that, and I am I have amazing I mean you included, I feel like we're finding the folks who um, want art and activism from humans, you know. (laughs) who are going to look the way they look and sing the way they sing and think the way they think and it'll be a little different the next day, you know.
2: I mean, you're beautifully, and I was going to ask you. I will ask you at some point. Like, I wanted, I wanted, I wanted to sing with you. Like, I have a terrible voice. Like, you're never out of tune, and you're you're always a great singer. But I was just like taken aback by how open you were, and that is something that you don't see very often with anyone. Like, even you know, artists. Like, you don't see that kind of openness and rawness to the point where I was like, oh my god! Like, I feel like I stole your your phone, and I was looking at your videos, which was yeah. But I mean, I will, if you're comfortable, I wanted to sing along with you and uh, try to put some light into the world because like, that's what you're doing. So I um, if you don't mind, if you want to do that with me.
1: Are uh, you kidding? If,
2: no, if I may do that with you is, is what I should be saying. Cause yeah, cause I, I, you made me want to sing. I was singing along and I was, thank God. And every, you know, like, thank everyone that no one has to hear me sing. Abigail doesn't want to hear me singing this. But but I also was like, when I talked to her, I wanna, I wanna sing along with you.
1: Let's sing, do you wanna do it now?
2: Let's do it, yeah. I mean, okay. let me just have a sip more
1: of my rose. I'll drink my water, you drink your rose. Cheers. I think the world changes when two people sing together. That's, that's a- what I really that's,
2: do. That's what, that's what I get I from what you do.
1: I think you can't like simultaneously fight a terrible war and and sing. <laughs> okay, Amen. let's start with this. I'm gonna I'll sing something and I'll teach you how to sing it while we do it. Okay, I'm gonna go okay. who makes the future and we're gonna say we do we do who makes the future we do we do look around friends I'm right here with you who make the future you know, we do. Come on, who makes the future? We do. We do. Who so makes I start now? the future? <laughs> yeah, you start now or okay, whenever you feel like it. And Zoom's going to make it weird, but we okay. don't care. We don't care about weird. Okay. I
2: was going to say, you're the master here. Just give me like a cue or something when, when I should join you.
1: The technology is such that, that because you're in Sweden, it's going to be a little crazy delay. okay but there's no proper community chorus i've ever heard where there wasn't someone on a delay okay Okay. so we're gonna say it's part of the art it's gonna be a little chaotic but we're still gonna be together i love
2: it so i'm I'm gonna do we do we do right
1: yes you are right okay who makes the future we We do
2: do. we
1: do who makes the future We we do we do Look around honey, I am right here with you. Who makes the future we do? We do. We we
2: do. do. Yeah! Thank you. <laughs> I need more per after this.
1: I'm so I'm... full of joy. Oh, Apologies
2: we... to listeners that you have to be subjected to my voice, but you got Abigail, so thank you for that. That was really beautiful. Um i you know what
0: you said about hang
1: hang on hang on we just gotta okay (laughs) Okay. let's not apologize for our voices Mm. okay that's your voice given to you it's beautiful it's only yours and to me it's a sacred thing so i know we mess around we say oh i'm terrible i'm terrible and i'm hideous and awful and all of that but like that's your one sacred voice, and I got to hear it today. So thank you for that. Cheers. Thank you.
2: Cheers. <laughs> Salud. Um, yeah, I should stop saying that. Thank you for reminding me that, about that, Abigail. I, you know, what you said earlier about when people sing together, they change the world. I saw Megan the Stallion in Barcelona a little over, over a month ago, and, uh-huh. and as I was trying oh, my it's... best, So I was trying my best to join in with all the, you know, dancing and stuff. We stopped because she also made, you know, this was before the Supreme Court uh, did that thing and announced that really, you know, inhumane, inhuman decision. And Megan Thee Stallion made a stop in the middle of this massive party with like half a million people at Primavera Sound in Barcelona. And she said, I want to talk about how men Need to stop telling women what to do, and then she made us all, you know, raise middle finger to all the lawmakers in the United States and all over the world who think they can get away with that. And there was, I felt that I was in the largest Mm -hmm. church that I've been in ever. You know, there was twerking, which is not something that I thought I would see in what we are told the church looks like, but it did feel like church. So it really broke my heart when you said that you couldn't find art that spoke to what you needed to hear and what you wanted to hear and art that comforted you. So I'm assuming that that's a part of why, you know, the two of you make art, you know, like, you're like, okay, there's a lack. Someone's gonna, you know, make this happen. You know, like we gotta do something. But can you talk a little bit about how, you find that solace when you can't find that in art. And I mean, you're artist, so you go to art because that's your, that's your thing. And to know that what we love doesn't always love us back in the way that we should be loved is really hard. So how do you cope with that? And how does that affect and come into play when you're putting out your beautiful work into the world?
1: Um, I was listening to Alexis Pauline Gums have a conversation with Prentice Hemphill the other day on Prentice's podcast and Alexis just said my creative practice and my spiritual practice are the same thing and I felt I went oh thank you like it was this incredible permission for me to be honest about that but that is true for for us in many many ways um and then there's this thing right where it means that you your spiritual practice will be critiqued, (laughs) you know and but if i really am think about it i think that's true for so many people who have i think everybody's spiritual practice Mm -hmm. is critiqued in some way whether it's in a tiny community or in a family or whether it's on a national platform Mm -hmm. i think we are we um when we reveal something so tender about ourselves people will it will ring a bell in someone else's chest that they have to talk about and sometimes that yields yields praise or connection even better you know and sometimes it doesn't you know but i think that's true in any church you go to you know i think that's true in any church you go to someone's gonna have an opinion about the way you pray and this is the way that I pray. I do
0: think you know all of our all of our our wounds and our challenges are both so unique and also in their specificity it will create the most connection. Um, and I think it gets tricky when you're in a spiritual context because um, I, I uh, just a minute, Louie. I'll go talk to Louis. Our, our older boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, our. Uh, you know I think it gets it gets tricky when you're in a spiritual community or when you're dealing with things of of that nature because it's so core to each person's identity and so core to their soul um that when there's a difference in view, it can feel like a difference in like humanity, you know what I mean, and like a difference in like who you who who you are as people um but I think like. I think for us it's just been so important to remember that actually like those moments are us in connection to something rather than um trying to think of how I would explain it. I guess I mean that we can get into tricky territory when we assume that we know what uh what is true about each other's spirits and souls. Um And we get, especially in the tricky spots, which is what comes into play in a lot of churches, when you mistake your own needs and your own preferences for like God's, you know, (laughs) Um, it's another like term we were just taught that like kind of blew my mind called spiritual bypass, where like you say, like, it's not me that needs this, it's God that needs this. Um, And it just like screws with people's heads and hearts so much and has screwed with my head and heart. Um, and so I think uh with uh, within this work about like what what do you do um, with a newly empty womb, you know whether it emptied because uh, um, that that little spark that fetus wasn't meant for this world or whether it would be because it would wreck the world that it was coming into, and so therefore there needed to be a change. Um, I think in in America, uh, that whole question is put into shame and secrecy, um, and so even though it's something that every you know every family around you has dealt with, um, we're told that it's something you know you're either supposed to, either it's not that big of a deal, so therefore why are you complaining, or um, or it's something you should be ashamed of. It's either a failure on your own part or like an active like cruelty that you did um, and so it's this big facet you know like half of every pregnancy ends in miscarriage like even the pregnancies that are that folks are wanting to carry through um, so just stepping into that world into the world of recreation is stepping into this world of of, of life and death um, and i think we in our country have a lot of desire to uh, have death not be an actual thing <laughs> you know um and so it was our hope with this that like that we wouldn't necessarily be providing any answers but there would just be space to say like that we all know that this is something we all go through um and and that we don't think that this should be a place for shame um you know and just that like light is the best disinfectant for all all of that stuff um i have to say sorry go ahead no, that was. No, him. I yeah. was
1: just saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no.
2: Yeah, I have to say, you know, I, I, it's it's also so refreshing to hear a man talking about this. A male artist. Um, because usually when it comes to talking about, you know, reproductive rights and anything that people, you know, put under the women's right boxes, like it's so common to see male artists and male identifying artists just like, you know, like disappear and like, nope, it's we'll leave the women to deal with that when in fact it's men, it's us who are making this horrible decisions about women's bodies. So for you, Sean, first of all, well, very well done. I'm very proud of you. Uh, And, thank you (laughs) were there any, you know, uh, any preconceptions, any ideas, any, you know, what did you, what have you discovered about yourself being involved in creating art that's not you know for women but it's for for people for humanity when so often your peers just leave those kinds of conversations
0: i do think it gets tricky uh because men also have uh, quite a storied history of um explaining away everyone else's you know what i mean <laughs> point of being view like, Wait, and that's like, my
1: thing too yeah no that's actually
0: that was me this whole time <laughs> so it's definitely uh um it's definitely like uh uh you know it feels different getting to head into it with abigail and in, in support of abigail um but also i i completely agree with you that it's uh the whole thing of it being a woman's issue is is false, you know. Like probably there is a man involved in there at some point, or someone <laughs> <If> you... <laughs> who makes sperm. I mean, exactly, exactly, a sperm creating individual. Um, and, uh, um,
1: yeah. I so, really yeah. watched you when I yeah, say please. something about my husband. that I just, I feel like It, it I've really seen you grapple with exactly this question and really work to with a lot of integrity in my opinion thank you to figure out how what how your voice um can be in support and and in your own questing too um within this conversation you know we made a whole draft of this piece that instead of doing it as a series we made it as like a 45 minute thing um one thing and it sort of had us as like narrators and and going through our experience of interviewing these people we worked really hard on it (laughs) for a long time and then we kept watching it and just being like this isn't about us You know what I mean? And we've made this thing that we didn't mean for it to Mm -hmm. center us. We thought we were framing others, but by making it one piece, we you saw us the most, you know, it just did center us. And we were like, ah, that's shitty. So we scrapped it. And then making it one piece also felt like somehow we were trying to say, here are the voices you should hear. And here's all of them. You know, here's here, whereas if it's a series, we felt like we could honor, honor through the spaces between songs the fact that there's such a multiplicity of experience here, you know, and a series can go on forever. And if there's another story we'll need to do, we'll do that one too, or rather continue a conversation about it, you know, rather than a 40-minute piece, which has a beginning, middle, end, and is closed. So, I'll have to say it was a uh, we we made so many mistakes and and like grappled and grappled and grappled. It was one of the it is one of the hardest things mm. we've ever made. Both for both of us, yeah. I think. Yeah. It was, it was <laughs> Just honestly it's it was like it wasn't like a thunderclap. No, it was no, like really we really a, were in the with such this a, piece for a long
0: time. A tender job to try to uh uh support these the stories from these other people because they're all like stories from some of their like hardest most tenderest you know like most uh uh yeah this most difficult moment um and so i i feel incredibly grateful to them and humbled that they trusted us with it um and it was not not easy
2: wouldn't it be just like beautiful if you know that thing you just said Abigail about knowing when to remove yourself from the center was actually how politicians did politics uh <laughs> I was like, okay, the two of you should be you know the banks for office but no like no don't no go into office um uh, well, for you, you know, yeah.
1: i don't think you get that rose right in lavender
2: so. <laughs> but you know seeing that that, that that yeah sorry that's where my where my mind went but yeah we need to use artists we don't want to use politicians but which you know again like also the obviously like it's not the rose i promise but my mind is going so many different places at once uh but you know based on this concept and knowing that you've done such a beautiful um work i would say and such a beautiful job that sounds so I don't know like like i'm your school teacher but you've done you've beautifully been able to tell people's stories and to share their stories and now to see them being repeated and being sung by other people that you've never met, that the people, you know, your friends and the people that you're writing about have never met. What does that do to you? Can you try to describe that uh, for, for me for starters? Cause I, 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 I it must be really beautiful and mind blowing. And I don't know, you tell me, how does it feel to see, this work that's so important and so beautiful being shared like this.
1: It's like, I just have to, you know, it's. In, I'm very moved by it. I'm really moved by it. And I feel, um, you know, because we kind of found ourselves as people writing what folks call musicals, and we kind of came in backwards, to, the, to that idea, and then discovered that in that there was a world of theater and musicals that sometimes felt very closed, you know it felt like um maybe made for a certain group of people and maybe um, not reaching um, i mean some if you're uh, Hamilton and every single person knows, knows every word of your show. That's, that's one thing, but that's not us (laughs) We're (laughs) off Broadway musicals. You know what I mean? So to feel that, um, we're finding a way to make songs that can move outside of buildings, you know, that can be on the street or can be in homes or can be in people's hearts in that way um they did that we didn't do that you know and so it feels like an incredible gift and it's also you know our incredible friend Adrienne Marie Brown has done a lot to put our music into the world in a different way because she recorded herself singing a couple of our hymns over the last year and I think people were so moved by her interpretation of them. I think some a lot of people think she wrote them, which I have to say makes me very proud. <laughs> if someone could mistake our writing for Adrian's, I'd be like, <laughs> we're doing it right, you know. So I just want to lift her up because I think she really also moved people through her interpretation of these pieces um, and moved me too. you know, she makes them something new again.
0: I I think it's kind of the this extraordinary complicated thing about social media too, you know, that I feel like on one hand, I think like social media is responsible for a lot of the you know, the misinformation and the uh general crappiness, you know, that let uh the Supreme Court do what it did, but it also, you know, it's a human thing. So it's also this vessel for connection. Um and and so it's it's this very complicated thing for me of, of both hating it and feeling so grateful for it
2: yeah so abigail i don't know how you do this but you always jump ahead to what I'm, i want to ask at some point so and <laughs> it's like you're reading my mind you know like i felt when i was watching your videos i'm like you're also reading my notes um <laughs> i um you know in this spirit of this generosity that surrounds everything that you do Abigail jumped ahead to that and you mentioning, you know, the work of your friend that you love so much and people thinking that it was, uh, you know, that your work was her work. So who are some of the artists that you want to shout out? and some of the artists that you want people to, you know, sing their music as as hymns?
1: I love this question. I mean, none of these people need us. They are fully on their, their <laughs> destiny trajectory without us touching them. But, okay, Malkia Devich Cyril, everything that comes out of that person's mm-hmm. mouth, look them up, yeah. is, um, she's in an active reckoning with activism and grief. Mm-hmm. How, how to make space for grief in the world of activism. Um, and she has changed my life through our friendship and um, through her work. So, Malkia Devich Cyril. Mm-hmm. Yes. Adrienne Marie Brown, changing my life in our texts and in her books and in everything that she makes, I mean, she's just um, innovating what the future could be by imagining pleasure in the future by imagining um, a, a new way that we could be with one another without with discernment, but without cruel judgment, you know, it's really delicious um there's a bassist who sings named jay marie is and you can find find them jay marie is holy um who's doing great stuff (laughs) just pleasurable stuff our friend kate kilbane makes beautiful art
0: yeah in the in the theater world cesar alvarez and heather christian i think are both doing really extraordinary extraordinary they
1: like whenever we see their stuff we're like damn it you know what i mean <laughs> it's that feeling of, bo- yeah. of like both like oh we're not alone in the world and also like Caesar. <laughs> mm. i was trying to write a song about how how chocolate could save your life or whatever you know what i mean and heather t- it's just like amazing piece. Of- and mm-hmm. dave and aeneas mm-hmm. and you know there's this crew of, of folks yeah oh, i could that you we could really like talk all day about the artists that we love
2: abigail and sean it's always a pleasure talking to you can you tell people where to find these hymns how can they, you know should we record them and put them on social media should we just tell people hey we we need to sing this together um how do we become involved with this beautiful project and also not to be like your agent or your manager or anything but when can we expect more
1: hey hey well <laughs> You can oh, you
0: uh, oh yeah, no, you can uh you can find it on our Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. We're at the Banksons, B-E-N-G-S-O-N-S. Um and uh they're all collected on uh it's this was uh commissioned by La Jolla Playhouse. Um so you can find it on their website, uh which is I, I think it's, it's just just doing,
1: La Jolla Playhouse dot org slash sovereignty. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um is where you can find mm-hmm. the like uh, the major pieces and some writing about them and we've got the next couple of hymns are on this laptop right now and i think they're going to be released um within the week
0: yeah in a week or two and, uh, um, and then one or two more in this series, and then it's our dream that then we'll uh, turn it all into a live cantata at the choir for the stage.
1: That's the dream of dreams. I'll just plant, put it in the world right now, mm-hmm. is that what we want is to have a Savin James chorus, and we make uh, yeah a cantata, a sort of sacred evening of all these voices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I'm going
2: to I'm going to ask for that. I'm going to drink to that. I'm going to thank for that. Um so yeah, so we have permission to sing them and record ourselves and share them with you that we want. Permission, to, right?
1: That that would be what these songs are supposed to do. That would be fruition is if you record yourself singing those songs. However you sing whatever kind of voice you have. If you record yourself singing those songs and post it um or send it to your mama, or whatever you know. You don't have to post it on social media, but um, send it to us. We would love to hear it.
2: And I would recommend trying to duet them. I may even try it myself tonight at some point. Duet them on TikTok, which I I don't. I still haven't mastered TikTok, Me but I think this would be great. Yeah, we should try it, Abigail and, and, okay. and Sean. Yeah, maybe okay. like if you start it and if you do a TikTok, you know, start duet the thing. I'll come, I promise I will do it with the two of you. So uh, yeah, everyone, I encourage you to do this. The songs are so beautiful and so moving. And see the kids are driving up. Um they're beautiful, they're moving. And I just love that you invite us to tune into other people's stories and being, you know, singing about loss and singing about joy, and singing about life, and singing about the you know, all these things that this, uh, people in the stories, you know, uh, I kept thinking about a line about I could feel the baby or mm-hmm. something like that I'm paraphrasing. And just singing that, just, oh, I don't want, yeah, I don't want to cry on camera or audio, but it did something to me that only you know how to do. And I appreciate that and I love you for it. So thank you as always.
0: And I hope to talk to the two of you very soon. Oh, thank we you so you, much Jose. for the gift of this time yeah. and for the gift of your beautiful person. Yeah. In this world. We
1: love what you make. We love what you do. Mostly we love what
0: you are. Thank you. You
2: Thank you both so much. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work